On this episode of Full of Bones, Pastor, you got giants to face in your church. You don't need to be wearing the wrong armor when you do. You don't need to be wearing some other church's armor and thinking, well, if I just do these five steps, then we'll be just like Saddleback or just like North Point or just like the church down the street. You will go and fight that giant, but you'll be wearing the wrong armor. On this episode, Pastor Matt discusses a third obstacle to revitalization in the local church. And now, here is Pastor Matt. Thank you so much, Jen, and thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Full of Bones. Today, I've entitled the episode, Three Easy Steps to Revitalization. Okay, that's just the joke. There's no three easy steps. There's no easy formula to this whole church revitalization thing. And if that's what you're looking for, this is probably not the podcast for you. Church revitalization is hard work. It's long work. We're not talking months. We're talking years. Changing the mindset in the direction of the church is difficult work. I want us to go again back to 1 Samuel 17, and I want to show you um, the, where the heart of this episode comes from, and it's found in three places, three encounters that seem to keep coming back up with this idea of church revitalization. Let me sum up the three uh, without reading a, a lot of the text. We've read that text in, in previous episodes. When we talk about revitalization, David comes to the the scene of this great battle with Goliath, and three things tried to derail him. We've looked at the obstacle of history and the obstacle of discouragement. Today, I want to talk about the obstacle of the easy fix. There are so many great churches out there, Willow Creek, Saddleback, Passion City, North Point Community Church. And, and those churches are great. And I know a lot of pastors probably, and, and I was one when, you know, Purpose Driven Church came out, we, we thought this is the answer to church, right? We're all going to be a mega church. We're all going to see churches grow by leaps and bounds. And we, we've seen those programs come out, those books come out, and we kind of run to those and we read them. And we even may try to implement some of them. And there's nothing wrong with those books. And I don't want to say they're, those churches aren't great churches. They are great churches. I think sometimes there's, a, there's the easy fix mentality to those books. If you'll do these things, then, then your church will grow. And we know that that's just not the way it works. And, and when David comes on the scene, his brothers try to define him. Saul tried to design him. And Goliath tried to demean him. And, and in all of those, what was happening is they were trying to tell David who he was or how he should fight. Pastors, leaders of churches, we cannot listen to those from the other church that tell us how to lead our churches. When David meets his brothers, Eliab, Eliab tries to tell him, you only came to see the, the fight. You only came to see the battle. He defined David as somebody who was just there for the show. And that's not what David was there for. David was actually there to serve and was doing exactly what his father had commanded him to do. But David's going to move on from that, that defining moment, that which was wrongly defining moment, and he's going to face Saul. And Saul is really where we're going to camp out here in just a few moments. But Saul tried to design him, and here's how he did that. David doesn't have any armor. Saul tries to talk David out of going to fight Goliath, but 
in the end, David says, I'm going to go fight Goliath. I've been prepared for this. Well, Saul, in, in his wisdom, takes his armor and tries to put it on David. There's the problem we have as pastors sometimes. There's the problem that our churches have. When we in a church that may be declining or dying in need of revitalization, look down the street and we see that church, the other church, growing, reaching, uh, the, 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 you know, the, uh, the energy is up and, and all those things. The quick solution is, well, what are they doing and why don't we just do what they're doing? Well, David couldn't wear any of Saul's armor any more than we can try to put on another model of church. That's the danger we fight. That's the danger of taking a Saddleback or North Point or Willow Creek and saying, I'll just fill in the blanks. So take out Saddleback and put in Mount Tabor or take out North Point and put in Mount Tabor. Here's the problem with that mentality. It is this. We are not North Point. <laughs> We're not Saddleback. We are not those churches, number one. Number two, we don't have those people in our church. Every person we believe is created uniquely. Well, North Point is made up of a group of uniquely designed individuals. Saddleback has a large group of uniquely designed individuals. My church is made up of uniquely designed individuals. It's different backgrounds. It's different histories. It's different backstories. I mean, just everybody's different. And so to think that we can take what they are doing and plug it into ours is to assume that we have the same people with the same giftedness as they do. So it's not the same location either. I'm not in metro Atlanta or Southern California. Uh, I am in Central Florida. It's very different than it is in Atlanta. It's very different than it is in California. And so we have to be careful here that we don't think that just plugging in what they are doing in our church. And, and even if the church that you're looking at is just down the street, it's still made up of uniquely different people. I have about four churches just within you know a mile or two of my church. And can I tell you, every one of those churches is different. Their pastors aren't me. Their people aren't my people. Our communities are a little different as well. Let me give you one example. So my church is located kind of the backside of a neighborhood. You don't accidentally drive by Mount Tabor. You have to intentionally go to Mount Tabor. Um, we've fought this in, in not the best location. It's one of the obstacles that we have is where we're located at. Now, there's another church just down the street that's on a main thoroughfare main two road or four lane road that uh, has lots of traffic has a stoplight right in front of their church they have great visibility their church is much larger than mine well I think part of that is that they're more visible you can accidentally drive by that church so it's a different location um, whether it's a church on the street or it's one of the mega churches that we've mentioned before it's different people it's also a different pastor <laughs> I, I love how uh, Rick Warren writes. I love how Andy Stanley preaches. Uh, those guys are great, but I'm not either one of those. I don't have the giftedness that they have. I don't have the ability that they have, but God has given me a set of gifts, and those are the gifts that I need to rely on, and the Holy Spirit leads me in doing that. So there are different people, not only in the pews, but in leadership as well. 
And then there's different communities. Uh, our community is different than the communities in Atlanta and California. And so if we try to take their books and their mentality and their programming and just plug it into our church, it's like Saul giving David Saul's armor and saying, go fight Goliath. Pastor, you got giants to face in your church. You don't need to be wearing the wrong armor when you do it. You don't need to be wearing some other church's armor and thinking, well, if I just do these five steps, then we'll be just like Saddleback or just like North Point or just like the church down the street. You will go and fight that giant, but you'll be wearing the wrong armor. Let God equip you. Let God give you the armor. Let God give you the weapons to face the giants that you face in your church's revitalization work. I promise you, David could not have won the battle if he'd gone out in Saul's armor. It doesn't matter because he was not trusting in the Lord at that point. He would have been trusting in the armor that Saul gave him. That's one of the problems we have as a church, isn't it? That so many times we trust our own strength, our own power, our own resources, our own knowledge, our own education, instead of trusting God. David went out and fought Goliath. And even though Goliath had every weapon and tool of the, of the world, the spear, the javelin, the sword, the armor bearer, all of those things that we think we need to be strong and powerful and defeat our giants, David says, you come at me with all of those things, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. That's all David needed. David didn't need the tools of the world because he had the creator of it on his side. So when we face church revitalization, an obstacle that we have, a huge obstacle that I think many churches face, is that we try to just plug in the successful church's model into our church. It doesn't mean we can't glean principles from those churches. Uh, I, I watch and I listen to those churches and I like to see what they're doing. And then I try to see if I can downsize some of it, and especially in design or maybe a sermon series or something like that. I mean, that doesn't mean we can't learn from them. But if I go and take North Point's, you know, employee handbook and just change the name, it's not going to work for Central Florida. It's just not. And, and neither will church work the same way. I'm not in a metropolitan area. I'm in a rural area of Central Florida. So we just need to, to learn and understand what God has called us to do. I would also say that I've had churches call and say, well, we want to do what you're doing. Well, you might be able to do what we're doing, but you may not. God's called us to do it this way. We do church the Mount Tabor way. Um, I think that's important for us all to understand is you got to do church the way that God's called you to do church. And that's what makes church beautiful. Um, it's that every church is doing things a little differently. Now, at the end of the day, um, we serve the same God and we worship the same God, and we're all bound for the same place. But churches being different makes it beautiful. And so we have a large food bank. We have a 1,500-square-foot building that's nothing but a food bank. And, and some of you may say, well, how do we do that? We want to do a food bank. Well, it doesn't mean you can. Uh, our people have, have bought into that vision, and we believe God's led us in this way, and he's provided, and, and it's grown, and, and those kinds of things. It doesn't mean you can't do a food bank. But don't try to do my food bank. Do your food bank. Um, if, if you like our style of worship, don't do my style of worship. Do your style of worship. What does your church need? What does your church people respond to? I, I, I love contemporary Christian music. I like the new praise stuff. Um, I like some of the old hymns, but it's maybe not up to my, my speed. 
that's okay. If, if your church likes hymns, then sing hymns. If they like Southern gospel, then sing Southern gospel. If they like nothing but contemporary praise choruses, then, then do that. And don't worry what the church down the street is doing. We overcome these obstacles um, a, a couple of different ways. Number one is understanding that every church is different. And churches, don't forget, is made up of people. And people are different. So understand that. Remind yourself of that today, Pastor, that they're different. And so are you. You aren't Andy Stanley and you aren't you know, Rick Warren, unless Andy Stanley and Rick Warren happen to be listening today. And then I would like to say, hey, guys, how you doing? So glad that you listened to my little podcast. But most likely they're not. I'm not them. They're not me. So don't try to be them. And don't try to take their church and stick it on top of your church and think that that's going to work. And then I would also take you to the letter in Revelation chapter 4 or 3 and 4 with the letters to the seven churches. Just to remind us that churches are different. There isn't one letter to seven churches. There are seven letters to seven different churches. So the church at Philadelphia and the church at Thyatira and Ephesus and, and so on, they each received a different letter. Why? Well, because each one of them had different strengths and weaknesses. There's different condemnations and, and commendations. Each one of them was given a different description of Jesus, and each one of them was charged to do something different in the end. Why? Because each church is different. If God were to write that letter again today, he would not write one church um, to, to every church in America. He would write multiple letters and say, okay, Mount Tabor, here's what you're doing right, and here's what you're doing wrong. Saddleback, here's what you're doing right, and here's what you're doing wrong. North Point, here's what you're doing right, and here's what you're doing wrong. We have to understand that every church is different. Now, if you're in the church that's revitalizing, you're in that dead, dying church, and, and I've been there, and I understand the frustration. I understand the frustration of seeing the church down the street seemingly have it easy. Here's what I came to, to realize a number of years ago. Bigger churches mean bigger budgets, but also bigger problems. <laughs> more people equal more drama. And bigger buildings equal bigger bills. I would love to have the resources of the large church, but I don't know that I want the drama and the bills and the issues that they come with. So sometimes what we think is greener over there isn't really green. And so we need to remember that. Today, Pastor, bloom where you're planted. Let God do a great work in you. Don't be discouraged because the church down the street is growing because the programs they've chosen are working. Find what God wants you to do. You find it. And then you do it the very best you can. So hang in there. And remember, you can't wear Saul's armor. You can't wear another church's armor and projects and programming. Be yourself. Be David. Fight the giant. Fight in the name of the Lord, and you'll win the battle. On the next episode, Pastor Matt sits down with Dr. Sam Rayner of West Bradenton Baptist Church and churchanswers.com. Be sure to subscribe and like us on Facebook so you never miss an episode.